Welcome to Beyond Sports. I'm your host, the Fitted Nuggets fan. Joining me as always is my co-host, Bob Taylor. Hey, hey. Coming to you from 98.1 FM, Mile High Sports Radio. We have a great show for you today. First, we'll be talking Nuggets. Then we'll be discussing Nuggets knowledge. We have an interview with artist Trev Rich. And last, we will be talking about Western Conference team's tier list. So first, on to the Nuggets. Right now, sitting with a 14-9 record, 5-5 five and five out of the last 10, and on a three-game losing streak, it's been a tough time for the Nuggets. Bob, what kind of adjustments do you think they need to make heading into the rest of the year? I just I think they need to figure out their bench rotations. I mean, they haven't been playing good enough on the bench, and that's just that's all that there is to it. The starters have been doing their part, but whenever the bench comes in, they just give up too many points. And with how many athletes and, frankly, defensive-minded players that we have on the defense, it doesn't make sense that we're not able to contain a second unit. Yeah, and I think what we're really missing from that second unit is just the reliability. We've seen a lot of players step up on occasion, particularly Reggie Jackson while Jamal Murray was out. I think we all were extremely impressed with what he was able to do, and it's great to see. But as he's rescinded back to the bench, he just really hasn't delivered at the level that we've needed him to. And I think overall as a fan, the concern definitely lies in who is really in that sixth, seventh, and eighth spot for the team. I think – Peyton Watson's in that conversation. Christian Brown's in that conversation. Reggie Jackson's in that conversation. But are they able to produce on a nightly basis? And I think that's what Malone has to focus on. That's definitely what he needs to focus on because losing guys like Jeff Green and Bruce Brown, I mean, those were the cornerstone of the bench. And if we can't get guys to fill those roles, we're not going to win another championship. Do I think we still contend for one? Absolutely we are. But – I think they need to figure out some stuff right now. In this, And in fairness to them, they were about the same record last year this way through the season. I think they were 14-10 and 10 last season through their first 24 games. So it's not – we don't need to press the panic button, but they got to start figuring, figuring some rotations out because Christian Brown hasn't taken the leap that I think we've wanted him to. It, would you agree with that? Yeah, Christian Brown, I would say, has stayed stagnant and has resumed at the same level that he was in the regular season last year, doing his job on occasion, having those flashes, but overall nothing to really write home to your mother about. You know, at the end of the day, he really wasn't a superstar. He was just getting the job done. And I think what we really need to see from the bench right now is just some more ball movement. Just watching the game last night, everybody was trying to be that guy with the Rockets and it's just not how the Nuggets are formed. We're a passing based team. And I think when we really see the Nuggets for who they are, it's when that ball is leaving everybody's hand until we find the open man. Absolutely. And I think that's Absolutely. where the regression has come in is we've stopped passing the ball as much and it's been harder to rely on some of our stars uh, in these past few games. I would definitely agree with that, especially because the bench is just too stagnant on offense. There's just not enough, to what you said, ball movement. There's just not enough. We need to pass the ball around. We need to get open looks. We need to get back cuts in. Everything. And it just seems, I don't know, it seems like everybody wants to just go out there, play one on five whenever they got the ball on the bench, unless there's a starter out there. But Malone's been doing like a, last night. Yeah, well, definitely. Malone's been doing a better job at staggering the starters with the bench and getting them a little bit more 
versatility in there, but the bench right now just it, they have to be better if we want to win another championship. Yeah, one thing to note with this last three-game losing streak is Jokic has just been struggling to find his shot. You know, we we know he has the confidence there, and I like the aggressiveness. You know, not being afraid to put the shots up even when they're not falling for him. But when Jokic isn't shooting well, and we're not able to rely on guys like Aaron Gordon to do their job when Jokic isn't able to produce. I mean, we live and die by Jokic, but I think that also presents a big threat for this team right now. And Absolutely. some of these teams are a lot more prepared than they were last year is what I'm noticing. And they, they're reading our offense at a much better pace than they did in previous years. Absolutely. I mean, we're the team to beat now, so everyone wants to beat us. Yeah, that's, so that's what they're writing been, their playbooks for. Yeah, absolutely. They've been coming out and being like, all right, this is the people we need to knock off, so we got to figure this out. Yeah, I'd really love to see them to get into an aggressive pick and roll. I mean, with Murray or Jokic running point, with everyone on that offense, they can all score off the ball. So we're either should be going out to that three-point line off the pick and roll or heading straight to the basket. We saw some of that last night, especially when they made their comeback run against the Rockets. But we just need to see more of it, and I think they just need to get back to their bare-bone basic plays and stop playing run-and-gun offense out there. I think it's clear that, like you said, we're playing too much 1v1, and we need to play some team basketball. Yeah. And Jokic shot 9 for 32 against the Clippers, and he shot 9 for 26 against the Rockets. And that's – I don't know about you. That's the worst shooting game I've ever – or games I've ever seen out of Jokic – the worst two-game stretch I've ever seen from him in my entire life. Yeah, Jokic has to be frustrated with his shooting as of late. I know he's going to get it turned around, but it affects the whole team when Jokic isn't playing right. And I'm not concerned with this team as a whole. I know they're going to figure it out. Heading into the Hawks game here on Monday night, you know, what are some of your thoughts? What are, what are some of your fears with this Hawks team? I, I know that they are a roughly 500-level team at the moment, but – I mean, as we saw against the Rockets, it doesn't particularly matter for the Nuggets. So what are our threats heading into tonight's game? Yeah, I mean, the Hawks are 9-12. and They haven't had a great season so far. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, of course, they're the people we got to look at. Uh, I think a key part of the game is going to be Jokic has got to get going. He's got to get out of this funk. It's Capella. <laughs> I mean, Capella's a very good defensive center, but this is also Nikola Jokic we're talking about. He is a two-time MVP and an NBA champion. He can get it going against Capella, and I think he can get him in foul trouble early. I know he doesn't need to look for it. Frankly, I think that's why he's been shooting poorly the last two games is he gets frustrated with the officiating. Rightfully so, I should say. But he gets frustrated with it and then starts shooting more because he thinks he might get a foul call the next time and it doesn't work out. I think that has a little bit to do with it. But, frankly, Capella can't guard him. There's no way he can guard him. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Capella is the X factor for tonight's matchup. I think it's really going to depend upon if Capella can contain Jokic. And as every center in the league knows, that is not an easy task to do. But you have to respect Capella as being more of a classic-style center in a modern-day league where people are more floor stretchers. They're not necessarily as physical. They're not as big. Capella is a bigger, more physical player who averages a decent amount of blocks. And while I think he's going to have a tough time containing Jokic, I think that is also something that could affect us tonight and affect the game. And 
I just have to respect it. And then when you add in Trey Young and Dante Murray as a duo threat at the top of the key, I mean, that's a scary team that we're going to have to really play and control the pace of the game. I think that's the key to the whole puzzle tonight. Absolute pace is a perfect example of what they need to control tonight. Because Trey and DeJounte on in transition, I mean, they have shooters like Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they have shooters like DeAndre Hunter. Transition is not our friend tonight at all. And I think Jamal can guard Trey. I mean, I do. Trey's Trey. He's going to do well. But I think Jamal can do well enough to where Trey's not the one that's winning the Hawks the game. I can agree with that. So, Bob... What would you say is going to be the score tonight? 114 to 107, Denver. All right. Denver wins by seven. So Denver minus seven on the night. This has been Nuggets News with Beyond Sports. Be sure to follow us on social media at Beyond Sports 5280. If you have any suggestions for the show, players you would like us to spotlight, or any trivia questions you want us to ask people, please call or text 720-446-8463. Again, that number is 720-446-8463. Stay tuned for more Beyond Sports after this. Welcome back to Beyond Sports. I'm your host, the Fitted Nuggets fan. I'm here with my co-host, Bob Taylor. Hey. We've got some Nuggets knowledge for you today, listeners. First up, we have a player from Moorhead State. He played there for four years and was a second-team All-American. He played with the Nuggets for seven seasons, the Nets for one season, the Rockets for one season, and finished third in Rookie of the Year voting. Bob, who do you think that player might be? Um, that's a tough one. I'd say... You can't well, ask me more questions. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Um, I don't know. You got any more recent like accolades that he's done? or? Yeah, here's one for you. He was the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge. And he has a career high of 28 points and separately 20 rebounds. Okay. Um. Career stats are 11.4 points per game, 8.1 rebounds per game, and one assist per game. Okay. Well, I don't know. He I had ask his best what... season in 2013 to 2014. Okay, so he's a newer guy. Slightly newer. 13.7 points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game, 1.2 assists per game, all in 2013. Get this, 2014, he won a FIBA World Cup with Team USA as a player on the Nuggets. Some more recent stuff that he's done. He was on the Grand Rapids Gold from 2021 to 2022. So still oh. somewhat active in the near NBA community, playing in the G League there. Okay. Um, anything in particular that he was, like, known for, I guess? Well, that's not the right question. 
His first what? play in the NBA was an alley oop. Okay. That might help. Well, when was he drafted? Like, what position in the draft? Like, what number, I guess? Drafted I in 2011. First round, 22nd overall. Another fun fact his mother was a basketball star in high school. He played power forward. Ooh. Kenneth Freed. Kenneth Freed, that's correct. Had to be. Had yeah. To be. With him playing in 2011, you know, one thing that was really interesting on that is I didn't know he was the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge in 2013. I had no idea either. When I was, when you said he got drafted in 2011, I was like, dang, 2013, two years later, he's in the Rising Stars. But, I mean, he deserved to be there. So, Yeah, the Manimal himself was a pretty unbelievable player. But I think the real question that we're trying to solve here is, where would you place him in Nuggets history? We've had a lot of great players come through here, but I think all of our listeners out there know the Manimal. We all have had that experience with him. And it was also pretty interesting to see him being on the Grand Rapids Gold as recent as 2021. I had no idea that that was the case. Speaking of the Grand Rapids Gold, I'm not sure if you saw the uh, Flint Tropics-inspired jerseys they wore the oh, other yeah, night. Oh, yeah, you showed those to me the other day. Those are awesome. Yes, they were giving out free captain's hats for the Flint Tropics for the first 2,500 people in the building. I, I have to say, just a hats off to the G League team of the Grand Rapids Gold. They're, they're doing some amazing stuff over there. But for now, back to Kenneth Fareed. So his place in Nuggets history, if you had to give him a number, where would you put him? I mean, you know, typically a player who's only getting 13 points per game, eight rebounds per game, you know, isn't really somebody who's commemorative. But some of his accolades are just too hard to, to ignore with the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge, winning a FIBA World Cup. Plus, not even his accolades, just like the fact that everyone knows who – I mean, everyone knows the Manimal. That's true. He was true. one of the best and most entertaining players that came out of the 2010s. Yeah, like, very electric. Yeah. One of those players that the stats didn't always translate to the actual game. Yeah. You know, the impact was bigger on the court than it – His momentum shift had a lot more to do with his impact on the game rather than – the fact that he only scored 11 a game. Correct. I, I would I would agree with that 100%. And with, with somebody like Kenneth Reed, you know, I think he deserves a ranking on Nuggets all-time. And and yeah. it's hard to place him. You know, you want to place him higher, but just looking at him overall, we have to put him in a fair spot. You know, if, if I had to narrow it down, I'd say at least top 50. I mean, could you put him lower? I feel like top 75 is like a 66 range, 60 to 66 kind of area. But yeah. I, then again, I don't know. Like The stats consideration, to... you know, I think definitely can lower that, you know, with the unimpressive stat sheet that he brought, only playing in 18 playoff games in his career, you know, and just not really bringing a whole lot to the organization outside of just being the human highlight reel. I yeah. think that was the most amazing part of Farid. Is yeah, 100%. Every time he you flipped awesome. on ESPN, <laughs> that guy was dunking on somebody. Yeah, he was awesome. Unbelievable. His I high think... school clip of Rondo throwing the over-the-head pass that he just catches and throws down is still one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Absolutely. One of the best highlight plays of all time. One of the best, for sure. For me, you know, I think I would put Kenneth Reed, if I had to put a specific number on it, I'd put him at number 47. I really would. I think just the impact that he's had on the city. You know, we're talking to a guy who's been off the team for six-plus years, and 
Again, every even casual Nuggets fan knows the Manimal. And people still talk about yeah, well, the Manimal. I was about to say, and in fairness, it was during a downtime when they they really weren't so great. But he was that kind of shining light of just being like, hey, well, even if we lose, you're going to see me do a bunch of really cool stuff. He was the reason to watch it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he really was there for yeah. a while. You know, the, the like, Nuggets, you're going to see a bunch of highlight plays for me. Yeah, we were kind of just removed from the Mellow and, and Billups and J.R. Smith Thuggets team. And just in, in the transitional phase, getting to figure out, you know, Murray, Jokic getting drafted, uh, I believe, in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So it was pretty close around the same time that those guys were getting picked up that the Manimal was really coming into his own. Obviously, it looks like around his 2013-2014 season was really his peak. And yeah. like that was just before the Nuggets started to figure out their current identity that we have now. And you said he played with who other? Which other teams? He played with the Nets for one year and the Rockets for one year. I genuinely did not know that. Yeah, you know, when he played for the Rockets, he actually had a stretch there where he was averaging about 18 points per game and about nine rebounds per game. And he played pretty consistently at that level, and the Rockets let him go. And he's been out of the league ever since, ever wow. since about 2019. Yeah, he's just been going around the G League and, and even made his way to that Grand Rapids gold team. I was about team. to say, back to the Nuggets yeah. so G League team. It seems like we're a little bit separated on where we'd put him all time. I think that we both have good reasons as to why we'd place him. You with number 66, me with number 47. But I think an even tougher question to answer would be, where would you put him in the NBA history? Could you put a number on that? Uh, I mean, this is a guy that commentators recognize. I mean, top any time, I'd have to say like 500 in 25. Yeah. I guess. I, I mean, I don't, that's a tough one. Top 500? I could, I could agree with top 500, at least in the last 40 years. I mean, this yeah. is again. Not, not a major impact from a stats perspective, but we are still looking at some decent accolades. You know, getting third in your rookie of the year voting, I mean, that's not something to shake a stick at. And then just the impact that he had on the Nuggets, I mean, again, just going back to that, we we all know Kenneth Fareed. We all know that name. I'm wearing his jersey yeah. right now. I mean, yeah, that's true. pretty amazing player on the court. I couldn't and, see the back of it. I honestly didn't realize that that was <laughs> Kenneth Fareed's jersey. I know. I was hoping that wouldn't give too much of a hint away. But I, I could agree with the top 500 all time. I think especially if we condense that list down to at least the last 40 years, I think Fareed makes that list. I, I'd put him on the lower end of that list, probably you know between 500 and 450. But I, I, I would have to put him on there. I mean, especially if we're not going I don't, past 1980. There's been a lot of really good players in the league. And even though he is a human highlight reel, like we said – I just don't think that's enough to really put him in a top 500 of all time. Just because... How many guys won an MVP for Rising Stars Challenge? I mean, how many guys won a FIBA World Cup? Well, the Rising I mean, When you Stars add those accolades in there, late. you do start narrowing that list down. Yeah, but I'm, to I'm talking overall impact and winning. I just don't necessarily think that he could break the top 500 okay I so think he'd be closer to like 515 525 so you would still around. put him near that number i'd put him near it but i think breaking 500 on 
the last 40 years of NBA players, that's that's tough. It, it, it can be tough. Again, I, I just think the impact translates further. I mean, we're talking about a guy with career highs of 20 rebounds. You know, that's a, also yeah. a limited list. Even though 28 career high points, you know, nothing to shake a stick at. He he got over 20 a fair amount of times. Yeah. It wasn't like that a, was a rarity Definitely for a him. very good amount of times. And, you know, and like that's I said, just I a guy making the impact at the end of the day. Um, seeing him win second-team All-American, too. I mean, that even shortens the list. I, I know we're talking NBA, but you start adding all these things onto him, you're looking at a much more impressive overall player. And those are the things that I think we forget about when it came to the Manimal. Yeah, that's definitely true. And his all-time stats is nothing to shake your head at either. I mean, what were they exactly? I don't want to... All-time career stats, 11.4 points per game, 8.1 rebounds per game, one assist per game. I mean, that's a solid, plus I feel like his shooting percentage was probably pretty high with the high, sh- like, good shots that he was taking. But... Yeah, with a career shooting percentage of 58%. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty effective. So you're in there, you're I mean, getting good minutes. Good. And especially considering, we're talking about a guy who only played 21 minutes per game. We're not plus, even talking about a guy who was given the opportunity. This isn't a 36 per game, minute per game player, and he's still making that kind of impact on the court. Yeah. I think with all this discussion, we can agree that Kenneth Free can at least land at number 500 on our list. Okay, and even 500 meet in the middle? And even 500. Yeah. You know, I, I think I agree it's tough to place him, but at the same time, he was a unique player who affected us all he in different ways. He was a very ways. unique player. And I think we all have a particular thought when we hear the name Animal. Yeah, that's true. Be sure to follow us on social media at Beyond Sports 5280. If you have any suggestions for the show, players you would like us to spotlight, or any trivia questions you want us to ask people, please call or text at 720-446-8463. Again, that number is 720-446-8463. Stay tuned for more Beyond Sports after this. Welcome back to Beyond Sports. I'm your host, the Fitted Nuggets fan. Joining with me, as always, is my co-host, Bob Taylor. Hey, hey. Coming to you from 98.1 FM, Mile High Sports Radio. You know, last week I had the pleasure of interviewing Trev Rich. You guys might recognize him if you've been to a Nuggets game last year during the playoffs. And you also might have spotted him on the Nike basketball commercial for this year's City Edition jerseys. A lot of people ask, like, what's Denver about? Creativity, sounds, hustle. Now you do what you got to do to make it. Well, my interview with Trev went great. Be sure to check us out in this segment. All right, I'm here with Trev Rich. Tell me yeah. I'm the yeah. Fitted Nuggets fan. Yes, sir. You know we had to bring Trev Rich on to ask him a few questions today. All right, let's get it. Let's get to it. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, Trev. So what first got you into music? Music. Uh, that's a good question. I went to, actually, my uncle was an artist, and I went to his talent show when he was in high school, and I seen, like, the love. I seen the support. I seen everybody cheering, and I went home that day, and I wrote my first rap oh wow yeah dang so the family inspired you yeah i was like i got it i was like i got to impress him so when i wrote the first rap i was like rapping it for my dad and rapping it for my mom 
And then they put me like, remember you used to be able to uh, do like the answering machine? Yeah, so yeah. I was like rapping on the answering machine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then people would leave voicemails and shit. But that was like my first rap I ever wrote was Dang. after seeing my uncle perform. Dang, started from the answering yeah. machine. Now we're literally, here performing literally. at the Gothic Theater. That's Gothic crazy. Gothic Theater tomorrow, November 30th. We up, baby. You know what I'm saying? All right. So... How did you first get involved with the Nuggets organization? I mean, I know we saw you in that video yeah. last year. That yeah. went hard, man. It was great to see you up there. And now this collab, you know, with the City Editions for this year. Yeah. You know, how did how did you build that connection? Man, we actually just being like, it, it wasn't like an overnight thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, when I got the Bring It In video last year, that was after I had already performed at halftime like three times. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, like, I was just performing at halftime, and they, like, really took a liking to me. You know, mm -hmm. a couple people who was in the building that's not even in the building no more. You right. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it's like there's so many dope people in this building. I don't know if they know, but we at Ball Arena right now. <laughs> so, there's so many dope people in this building. You know, like, Lynette, she, like, goes super hard for me, bro. And she's just like, look, anytime that we got an opportunity, I'm pitching your name, bro. So, you just got to come kill it. And yes, sir. I was like how we did it, man. I even came and we did a show during COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like when everything opened back up after, you know, like the COVID stuff started going right. down. And they like, bro, just keep working with us. Mm -hmm. Just keep working with us. And we gonna, when we get a spot to do something big and something dope, we got you. Wow. And that's kind of how it went. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, right. I can confirm you're probably doing the best <laughs> halftime show out there. Hey, I've I, seen a lot of them. I don't I know if kids basketball is for and me. I made the first shot at the beginning of the game. A lot of people don't make that shot, bro. No, I can also confirm they do not. They do not. <laughs> no warm-ups, no nothing. They yeah, just expect no you to go out there and kill it. Look, three, two, and then they give you the ball. And you got to shoot it, bro. You don't even get to feel the ball yet. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. It's no, dope, that's dope. awesome. Super dope. That's great. So, what? Uh, tell me what it was like working with Nike on that collab commercial that you made with them. I mean, I know we all saw it. Yeah. I, I was sitting there with my mouth open seeing you up there. I was like, damn, my guys made it. You know, what was that like? It was actually... Everything has been so organic, bro. You know what I'm saying? And then that was something that Nike actually had a lot of people, you know, that, that pitched themselves and they ended up choosing me. You know what wow. I'm saying? So it was dope because it all of that started, like I said, it started with the organization and building something organic with the Nuggets. And that carried over into Nike being like, no, we want to use Tread. That's awesome. You know, so they sent me the camera. So Nike sent me the camera. They sent me all the equipment I needed to get it done. And then we did the voiceovers. And, they, you know, we got the beat from my boy Mike Coates. He out here, too. And that was it. The rest is history. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pretty incredible, Chad. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, being from Colorado, I'm sure you're a big Nuggets fan, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. So we're going to ask you some more Nuggets-based questions now. So what was that first big memory for you that got you into the Nuggets, you know, when you were younger? Ooh. That was around the, like, Antonio McDice era. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, McNichols and my dad, he would have the tickets. We wasn't that good back then, so I think our tickets was, like, $16 or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. know, but it was just, like, my first time being in an uh, actual sporting event, you know? So it was, like, it wasn't the Broncos first. It wasn't the Avalanche. It wasn't the Rockies. It was the Nuggets first. And I had the the, the jerseys. But, like, I, they got pictures of me in little Nuggets jerseys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I was a kid, bro. So it was like, and we always been homegrown, bro. We just have a certain, like, like everything that comes out of Denver, we have a certain pride about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So even when we wasn't good, we were still rocking. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, that was, like, probably my first memories that came with the Nuggets is those little, and, and having those, 
those raffles at school where they give right. uh, give yeah. the tickets Some out free and stuff tickets, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we was always in here, always in here, bro. Nice, nice. All right, so Trev, this question, you know, this is a big one for my page here. We're, we're really trying to define what the Nuggets culture is all about. So when I say Nuggets culture, what does that mean to you? Oh, the new winners, bro. It's like having new money. You yes, know what I'm saying? Sir, like, I like that. Like L.A. and, you know, New York and all, like all of the, the big Boston, you know what I'm saying? Like they have their legacy, bro. So it's like that's old money. That's the old money. Right. You know, not saying they ain't still doing they one too, but the Nuggets – finally getting a ring like we new money bro like we got to keep the new money rolling in right you know what I'm saying? like i said it's just a sense of pride that we have and we've always loved the nuggets so for the nuggets to come out and do what they did last year for the city bro we can't expect nothing more except going to get more wins we like winning now we don't yeah. want to lose no more yeah i definitely see more than one championship coming out of denver you we know yeah. it was pretty amazing seeing a team like denver actually win i mean bro. when when the buzzer hit i waited at least 10 minutes before i was like all right we won yeah. we won for I sure they're like <laughs> Where is everybody at? We're about to go out. We're outside. <laughs> bro, the city went crazy. We walked straight from Ball Arena downtown to Market, yes, and it bro, was crazy. It was nuts down there. I don't think people seen, like, really got to see, like, what Denver has to offer. And I know we got a lot of new stuff coming with the CU buffs. And you know what I'm saying? Dion yeah. up there. And it's just like the light on the city right now is super dope. So you got to take advantage of it, man. You yes, sir. Neon Dion, baby. Hey, I know hey, we all loving him and see you. We, yeah. we didn't have a year. We had a year better than last year, but we didn't have a year we wanted, but that's coming though. Yeah, it's yeah. Coming. We need to get Dion on the show. That's yeah, for sure. That's for sure. All right, Trav. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Enjoy the game. We'll have you back on soon. We got to get on soon, baby. Let's get it. This has been our special guest spotlight with Beyond Sports. Be sure to follow us on social media at Beyond Sports 5280. If you have any suggestions for the show, players you would like us to spotlight, or any trivia questions you want us to ask people, please call or text at 720-446-8463. Again, that number is 720-446-8463. Stay tuned for more Beyond Sports after this. Welcome back to Beyond Sports. I'm your host, the Fitted Nuggets fan. Joining me as always is my co-host, Bob Taylor. Hey, hey. Coming to you from 98.1 FM, Mile High Sports Radio. And today we're going to be talking about Western Conference teams and the tiers that they belong on. Bob, what do you got for us? All right, so we're going to be breaking down whether teams are contenders, close to contenders, play-in spot teams, close to play-in spot teams, Close to a rebuild or in a total rebuild slash looking to the future? Because some teams, let's be honest here, let's just do this right now, get it out of the way. Portland Trailblazers and the Spurs, they're looking to the future. They got nothing this season. There's no way they're contending. Yeah, I would say that the Spurs are ahead of them on that that climb, but right now the Portland Trailblazers are in a total rebuild mode. The assets that they've picked up have just not panned out. Nobody on that team is particularly looking good. Uh, you know, it's a depressing time to be a Trailblazers fan yeah. if you are out there. Yeah, absolutely. My heart goes out to you guys. All right. Next up, I'd say let's let's do the Houston Rockets. They got a W against the Nuggets the other day, so where would you put them at? 
The Houston Rockets are a tough team right now, but they're young and they're still figuring out their game. I think that I would have to place them in a C tier. They've got a lot of good young assets, but things like Dylan Brooks are going to keep holding them back. Yeah, well, eh, I like Dylan Brooks. I think he's done really well this season, especially with how good the Rockets' defense has been playing. And they're, I mean, they're eighth in the Western Conference right now. They're, they've been doing pretty well. It is only 19 games in for them. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I don't think they're going to be a true contender or anything like that, but I'd, I'd agree with your C-tier grading. They're, they're getting there. They're on the fringe of a playoff spot. I think by the end of the season, they'll be in the play-in tournament. But we'll see. We'll see. What about the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, they're third in the Western Conference right now. They're ahead of the Nuggets. The Dallas Mavericks are a team that has no shortage of ability and capability, but I think right now that they just haven't figured out how to win the games with the people that they have, and until they start doing that, I'd have to put them in a B tier. I'd put them in a B tier. Um, I think they could be a potential playoff team, like scary playoff team, not just a playoff team, of course, but I don't know if – if Kyrie and Luca can figure it out, they're a dynamic duo. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I know it's corny, but that's what they are. I mean, they're good. They're just their role players just aren't really fitting the bill yet. What about the Clippers? The Clippers are an interesting one. You have four Hall of Famers in Leonard, George, Harden, and Westbrook, and some decent role players to throw out there as well. And I think that they're still trying to figure things out and can potentially be extremely dangerous. But at the moment, I would have to put them in the B tier until they really get in sync. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, whenever they figure out the James Harden trade, if they do, if they figure out the offense, I mean, they will be terrifying. That's a phenomenal offense. Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Russ coming off the bench too, leading the second unit, I think is a phenomenal move. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're there yet. I'd have to put them at a B. They're a playing team as of right now. They are a playing team. They're ninth in the West. Um, next up, I would say, what about the Pelicans? We just watched them beat the Kings and then get blown out by the Lakers. The Pelicans, they're just not quite there yet. They're still really trying to, to get an identity for their team and really be able to translate their talents to the court. I think they're missing a floor general at the moment, and for that I would place them in a C tier. I would agree. I definitely think a playmaker would be something they need to look into because as much as I love Alvarado, he's just he's not the point guard that they need on that team. They need someone who can be tossing oops to Zion, hitting McCollum on the cuts, letting B.I. take over when he wants to take over. And Valanchunas, I mean, he's not a top five big man, but he's he might be a top ten. I mean, he's good. What about the Timberwolves, though? They've been surprising and turning a lot of heads this season. Yeah, the Timberwolves have absolutely figured things out in this organization, and I would say the biggest question mark for them is just can they keep it up? But at the moment, I would say that they are absolutely playing in the S-tier level. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more i mean they're they're scary they're doing really well anthony edwards is dog i mean they're gonna make some noise in the playoffs this year and unfortunately they match up extremely well with our nuggets so speaking of which let's just go right into it what about the nuggets 
You know, for the Nuggets and all the fans out there, I have to put them in the S tier. And, and the biggest reason why isn't just because I love them, but, you know, at the end of the day, we have a championship-winning coach. We have a most mostly championship-winning roster, and we just have only a couple of things that we need to figure out to really get us back into that conversation. And right now I think it's hard to count the Nuggets out of anything, and they belong in that S tier. I would agree with that. Um, outside of the bench, I think everyone's doing well. Aaron Gordon's been struggling a little bit, but I think he's just been a little unhealthy. And whenever he gets back to being healthy, I think he'll be the same AG that we see every game, throwing down crazy dunks. Speaking of AG and crazy dunks, we might as well do the Suns. Uh, you know, for the Suns, I think that they are in that S tier as well. They are looking like a much improved team that is ready for a title contention, and it is not somebody I want to see in the playoffs. I would have to agree. I do think the Nuggets win in the seven-game series, but if everyone on that team's healthy, that's going to be a long, long seven-game series. That's going to be a tough one. Booker, Beal, and Durant are a monster. What about the Kings? What do we think about them? You know, the Kings, uh, while they are good and are talented uh, and getting wins in the regular season, I think when it comes to the playoff time, we see them break down, and we also see them lose some of these bigger games. And overall, I'd, I'd have to put them in the A tier right now. I feel like they're still missing a piece, whether it be a key role player or even a potential additional starter player. I think that they're still one player away from getting into that championship contention. I would have to agree with that. Fox has been unbelievable in the clutch. Demonis Sabonis has been a great addition ever since the Pacers trade in my opinion, the most even trade in NBA history. Murray's been playing well. Malik Monk has been playing out of his mind. But I think they're just missing someone where Harrison Barnes is, if I'm being honest. So I'd, I'd agree. I'd have to put him out of an A. What about the Warriors? They're always a team that they should be in the A and S tier because they got Steph. But this year, I mean, they're showing their age. I don't, I don't, know, if they got, I don't know if they got it this year. It's tough to say. The Warriors are definitely up and down. Sometimes they look great. Other games they don't look as well. I think when you have a coaching staff like Steve Kerr and the talent like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond, it's hard to ever count them out. I'd put them in a B tier at the moment. I'd have to agree. I don't think I could comfortably ever put them in a C tier until Curry's off that team. What about the What about the Grizzlies? I mean, Joggett's back here soon. So maybe they can raise up, but as of right, I mean, how they've played this so far this season, they got to be a D, right? I mean, I wouldn't put them as bad as an F, but I wouldn't put them in a C. Yeah, I think the Grizzlies are really struggling without Ja, and what what we're seeing right now is that there's bigger issues that they have going on besides missing Ja Morant. And I think Ja is the guy who can get them to win games, but I don't see them making it out of the A seed this year. I Yeah, I would agree with that. What about the Thunder? Chet Holmgren, SGA. The Thunder are an extremely exciting team that is just flat out fun to watch at the moment. And you really got to love what they've done. That organization has brilliantly traded players throughout the years and really built a championship breed contending roster. But I think they still are too young to really consider them quite there yet, but it is on the horizon. I'd say an A tier. I would agree with that. I don't think they have enough experience to be in that S tier yet. However, I next year, I think they will be. What about 
the Los Angeles Lakers. Everyone loves L.A. here, right? <laughs> yeah, L.A., you know, whether or not they think that they have a rivalry with us, it's hard not to get a sour taste in your mouth when that team's brought up. And for us, they're always a threat with LeBron on the court, and especially when accompanied by Anthony Davis. I think they have a lot of great role players around them at the moment, but as a whole, I, I wouldn't say they're contenders, especially after being handily beat by the Nuggets last year in a 4-0 sweep. I, I'd place them in an A tier at the moment. I'd put him in an A tier too. I don't think you can put LeBron anywhere below that, but I don't think they have quite enough to be in that S tier. This has been a Western Conference Teams tier list with Beyond Sports. Be sure to follow us on social media at Beyond Sports 5280. If you have any suggestions for the show, players you would like us to spotlight, or any trivia questions you want us to ask people, please call or text 720-446-8463. Again, that number is 720-446-8463. Tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time for another exciting episode of Beyond Sports.